the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon and welcome to Woods and Water, South Carolina. Turn my... There we go. Now I can hear myself. <clears throat> A little technical adjustment. That's important. <laughs> it is. Thank you, Paul. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the show. It's, uh, man, the weather outside. Just You just want to go lay... You know, if the grass weren't so dead, I'd go roll around the grass like my dog does just to kind of feel good. But goodness gracious, it's dry. And really, when you look at the precipitation forecast for the next two weeks, it's, you know, not much out there. But the temperatures are right. They're getting right. Low 80s, 80s, upper 70s, 50s at night. Yeah. You can thank me for this weather, by the way. I was in uh, Kansas and Missouri for this week, uh, most of this week, and uh, woke up out there Thursday morning. It was 56 or something. The high was 63, so I decided to bring some back. So uh, you can thank me. I, you know, bottled as much as I could up in my bags, threw them on the plane, and brought it home. Yes, Paul. <laughs> you look like you were going to say. I, I was oh. going to say you just did good. <laughs> you did good. Right. Well, look, we, we're going to give away some stuff today on the show, and it's going to be listener choice. You don't have to. You don't have to take a certain thing. You can pick, and here, here's what you got to pick from. Uh, the folks at Hunter Safety Systems sent me a Lady Hybrid uh, safety harness and lifeline and a gear hoist and a deer drag suspension strap. That's one of the things you can get. Uh, the people at Outright Hunting Products sent me a Murph Pro, which is a hanger system <clears throat> that, um, goodness, you can configure it so many different ways. It, it goes in the tree with a, a screw head, a screw then a, a stud that you lock everything onto. It's so it's potentially like five hangers in one because you can put the stud in the tree, leave it, come back, you know, move move just the uh, the hanger system itself from tree to tree to tree. And then the folks at High Mountain Seasonings have sent me, goodness, some uh, some summer sausage kits, uh, some jerky uh, cures and seasonings, and then some you know just like steak rubs and burger rubs and stuff like that. So it's gonna be listener choice when 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 you hear me say. Not now. <laughs> this is just, uh, you know, when you hear me say, hey, it's time to give something away, the number is 877-235-9405. That's 877-235-9405. And it'll be your choice. I'll tell you what we got, and you can pick. But it's, uh, you know, some seasonings, uh, a ladies' harness and lifeline if you're a deer hunter, and uh, a hanger system for, you know, like your bows, your gun, your camera, um, binoculars, whatever you want to hang off the side of a tree for the other. So, be good. If, and if nobody gets them here, I'll just do it on Facebook. You know, we'll, we'll figure it that way. I don't know that anybody's listening. It's such a nice day. I'd be outside if I weren't here, but I'm here. News. Um, if you didn't hear Wednesday, and this is something that I was had had ready to go for the show, was the Collings Foundation is coming back, Wings of Freedom tour. They come here every year at the end of October. It's uh, They bring the B-17, the B-24 Liberator, P-51 Mustang, 
But on Wednesday in Connecticut, sometime around 9 o'clock in the morning, the B-17 developed engine trouble on takeoff, tried to turn around and get back to the airport, and crashed. And so 9 of 9, which was their B-17G, uh, is pretty much gone. The only thing left uh, on the ground after it burned was the tail section, and there are now up to seven people killed in it. There were 13 people on the plane, 10 passengers, three crewmen, and um, one person on the ground was injured. And it was just just bad. I mean, you know, the but that plane, you know, was built in 1945, so 55, 65, 75 years old. And man, the lives are, are a tragedy for certain. Uh, so the Collins Foundation has actually actually put out a, uh, a a statement. Our thoughts and prayers are with those who are on the flight and who will forever and we will be forever grateful to the heroic efforts of the first responders at Bradley. Uh, the Collings Foundation flight team is fully cooperating with officials determined to cause the crash of the B-17 Flying Fortress, and we'll comment further when details become known. In the wake of a tra- tragic accident involving our B-17, the Collings Foundation is currently suspending its flight operations and the Wings of Freedom tour for the remainder of the 2019 season, um, and they're in process of re- issuing refunds for those who had reserved flights through December. So, hate to start off that, but uh, that's just where we are. And um, you can you can go NTSB just NTSB just put up a video of the crash site and all. You can look at more of that if you're interested in it. Uh, let's see here now. What else we got? Oh, congratulations to KC Ashley and Mackenzie Hartman, who are getting married today. And last, uh, I forget when, when we were last talking, it might have been an ad cast. We were kidding him about getting married. And he goes, dude, he says, you need to go outside and do a rain dance. We, an anti rain dance. We don't need any rain because the last few Octobers here in South Carolina, we've been hurricaned up and all. And he said, we don't, it's an outdoor wedding. We don't want rain. So it doesn't look like they're going to get any rain today. Oh, there's a little rain around Newberry and then in there, but it looks like they have a good day to get married. So congratulations to them. And. Having said that, I gotta say congratulations to two other people. My mom and dad, tomorrow, October the 6th, 2019, they will have been married for 62 years. And, uh, just congratulations, mom and dad. Appreciate the example you've set for us. And, and congratulations to those who have made it that long. <laughs> I know sometimes you get down there and you can cut the air with a knife, you know, but they work it out. It's, uh, marriage is a, is a lot of work, but congratulations to mom and dad. Congratulations to Casey and Kenzie. And, uh, I don't know. They'll make it 62. They're a little bit older than that. <laughs> 62. They have to be in their nineties probably, but, um, yeah, some good stuff going on here. Yeah, what else do we want to talk about? Safety. Enjoy. Oh yeah. Yeah. This Friday is opening day of gun season for South Carolina deer hunting. Two things to remember. Be safe. You know, we got, we've got a harness here for a lady to give away and a lifeline. When you go deer hunting, always, always hook, got the harness on, put it on, buckle it up. When you get to your tree stand, hook it to a lifeline and you stay connected from the time you leave the ground all the way up the stand till the time you come back down. I got an article here that I may or may not get to tree stand accidents. Can we stop the insanity? And it's totally preventable. Every year we'll, have two or three, four or five tree stand accidents. Some you hear about, some you don't. But be safe. That's number one. You know, a lot of people say the the purpose 
a, a good deer hunt is one where you shoot something. Not necessarily. A good one is one where you come home every night or every day after lunch. There's no reason to take a chance with your life climbing a tree. The other one, enjoy being out there. So many people, so many deer hunters out there are consumed with what they've seen on their trail camera. Look, yeah, okay, so you're seeing them at 2 o'clock in the morning. Okay, go hunt. They're there more than just 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you know, everybody says, oh, well, I've got them on trail camera. Well, okay, your trail camera is, what, a 90-degree wedge of line of sight? It's <laughs> There's, you know, 270 more degrees that's not showing. So you don't know what's walking behind where your trail camera set up. Don't let technology ruin hunting. It's a tool. I don't use it. I don't use trail cameras. I want to go and just have fun and be surprised when something steps out or when something doesn't step out. Took a lot of bird pictures the last time I went deer hunting because that's what was out. And, you know, but don't let, don't let what you see on your game camera determine your hunting season. Go hunt. Go have a good time. Enjoy being out there. It's nice to know there's something big out there and, you know, you, you try to make an appointment with him based on what you see on your trail camera, but he's not, he might not keep the appointment. You will. And you might, might never see him again. You might see a totally different animal if you go, who's not on trail camera. So two things, be safe and just go hunting. Just get out there and enjoy it. It's a day where you don't have to put up with the phone, emails, you know, sitting behind your office chair, standing up in your machine at work. It's a day to get away and go enjoy being outdoors. Don't let technology ruin it. Okay, rant's over. Come back. I got some, uh, well, next next segment, we'll give away something. Listener choice. And uh, then we'll get on to a calendar event, some other stuff. So, got Mary Rowe from Power Into Conservation at the bottom of the hour. That'll be a good one. So, hang on. More Woods and Water South Carolina on the other side of the break. Welcome back to Woods and Water, South Carolina. As promised, let's give some away. 877-235-9405. 877-235-9405. Got a, some deer hunting stuff and some uh, seasonings, jerky seasonings or, or summer sausage kits and just some steak and burger rub. So first caller, you get to pick what you want. Um, I forgot to mention, I was in Kansas and Missouri. Well, I didn't mention to forget them. Anyway, I was out there for the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame induction ceremony which inducted um, Ed Chambers from Zoom Bait Company and Davey Height, uh, who won an FLW Cup and a Bassmaster Classic. So had a good time, really good time. I want to thank John Mazurkowitz, with, uh, who does all the national marketing for Shimano Fishing. I want to thank him for bringing us up there. Neil Paul and I both went up and just had a wonderful time at the uh, at the reception, the dinner. And then we also spent three and a half. We budgeted three hours to spend at Wonders of Wildlife. Just a really cool, cool place. And we actually spent three and a half hours and we're late getting back to the hotel to get ready to go over to the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame induction ceremony. So we, um, but just a really cool, really cool. If you've never been to the Wonders of Wildlife, it is a, 
Man, what do you want to? It, it, it covers everything. You think, okay, Johnny Morris Bass Pro Shops fishing, and there was a lot of fishing there. There was there was aquariums and tanks with saltwater fish, freshwater fish, fish from the Amazon, and it just on and on and on fish. And then they had this huge collection of taxidermy from animals across the across North America and Africa, and and had a they actually had Lewis and Clark's cabin. There, I guess they disassembled it and brought it there. And it, no, not Lewis Clark, Teddy Roosevelt's cabin from his ranch in South Dakota. Sorry, um, had that there. Uh, had, they had a section on Lewis and Clark and their expedition. I, it was impressive. I've been to a lot of museums. I've seen a lot of stuff. I've seen a lot of mounts and all. And it was just, it, it's one of those things. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back. It just was that good. And so if you're thinking about a place to go, I know Angelo here at the station, his wife is from out there and they go, he's been two or three times. And he's been telling me, you need to go, you need to go. And so we've been, and it was well worth it. I'm going to go back. In fact, I'm going to try to take the family with me. So just, just a great time. And, and it was neat seeing Davey and all those going in along with David Fritz and, um, Oh, David Fritz, Mark Davis, and there was an artist, and I can't remember his name, but it was a, a good time. So if you if you have any plans to go to Missouri, do not miss the Wonders of Wildlife. And we're gonna do we're gonna do a show with Dave. We talked to him and Neil and I are gonna do a show, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. So all right, got Jeff from Greenville on the air, um, on the line. Jeff, thanks for listening to Woods and Water, South Carolina. Thank you. What uh what do you want? I've got a well, if you're getting it for your wife, that's okay. I got a safety harness Hello. lifeline. I've got some summer sausage kits from High Mountain Seasonings. Uh, or I've got summer a sausage from. Is that what you want? The summer sausage. Yep. You want the kit? The kit. It comes with the seasonings, the cure, the casing, instructions. So. That'd be fine. All right. Well, I got it. Is does Paul have your information? He does. Yes. All right. Well, I appreciate you listening. Uh, do you process your own deer? No, no, I'll have someone else do it. Oh, okay. Well, cool. Well, I, like I said, the guys from High Mountain Seasoning were cooking at Archer Trade back in January and in, in Kentucky, and half the Kentucky Exposition Center smelled like their stuff, and I sampled as much as I could. So it ought to be good. All right. <laughs> All right. Jeff, I appreciate it, and enjoy it. And, hey, uh, let me know how it, how it works out for you, how you like it. All right. Okay. Thank, thank you. you. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Yes, sir. All right. There's one down. I do have one more of those. So, you know, next time I say, hey, if somebody wants to win something, there's another one out there. I love working with these companies. They are so good to me. And and all I ask is is when you when you get something and you use it, if you like it, tell other people about it. If you don't like it, call the company and say, hey, I got your stuff in it. It's horrible. <laughs> I don't think you'll say that, but we'll see. Yes, Paul. I don't like it. No, you, I don't. Like, I don't let you win anything. That's why you don't like it. <laughs> So mean may, to me. I may surprise Paul and bring him a gift bag one of these days. Ooh, sounds good. I have gotten you milkshakes before, though. Got me milkshakes? Yeah. Gave me a bag of coffee? That's right, coffee. i got to get back a hold of them. They sent me an email uh, saying that they would like to do a landing platform Ooh. for Woods and Water with a discount code. For i got to get back a hold of them because it's that time of the year. It's I think to be they have a location drinking. down in Greenwood. Black Rifle Coffee Company? I, I'm thinking I saw one down there. They may when have I a distribution. 
They may hey, have a vendor for, for it. It could there. be. Yeah. It could be. But yeah, I need to get back. Up. Yeah, that was people. That didn't last long on the air, did it? No, it didn't. <laughs> it went fast. I'm more of a hot chocolate guy. Sorry about that. I like uh, I like good coffee with whipped cream. I, I'm not afraid to say I like it with whipped cream and marshmallows. Sure, why not? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, the first time I noticed there was something wrong with people that drank coffee was my mom and dad had a cup in Phoenix, Arizona, one time, and I think the temperature is somewhere around 100 degrees, and they were drinking coffee, and you know, that's just I, abnormal. I could do it, but it would be with great trepidation because that's a little too hot. <sighs> Nah, it may not have been that bad. I was only five years old. But I remember that. And I remember thinking, why are they drinking something hot when it's so hot? But anyway. Because coffee is wonderful. Okay, if you say so. All I right. <laughs> and, you, and you're the final word on that, aren't you? You better believe it. <laughs> By the way, Taylor is at a birthday party today, in case you're wondering where my sidekick is. I told her she'd have the day off. Uh, book, book tickets to go down to uh, Texas bass fishing. With her in November. It's going to be a good time. We're going to go down. Uh, she is uh, going to do some work for Stanley Lures and Hale. Stanley Jigs and Hale Lures. We're going to fish with Lonnie Stanley and Keith Combs, Shimano Pro. So you have two Shimano people in the same boat, which ought to be interesting. And But November in Texas, I understand, is a good time to be down there. So we'll have that trip. I'll be in November, and we'll have to get her. She's excited about it, although she's worried about getting her schoolwork done. All right, what am I talking about? I'm wasting time. Calendar of events. If you want something to do tomorrow, in educational boot, it's the night before King's Mountain. October the 6th at uh, Calpins National Battlefield from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. The weather ought to be wonderful. Uh, this outdoor drama will cover the, the story of the Over Mountain Men. During their journey from the colonial frontier across the Appalachian Mountains and the Battle of Kings Mountain, the narrative drama is put on by the Overmountain Victory Trail Association, a group of reenactors that yearly recreate the 220-mile trip from Abdington, Virginia, to Kings Mountain National Park. And they, they actually they actually cross the rivers. I mean, there's a bunch of them that do it. They do the march, crossing all the rivers, just like the Overmountain men did it pretty cool i've been i've been keeping track of it this week so that's tomorrow night calvin's national battlefield the night before king's mountain four times each year cape remain national wildlife refuge offers a tour to lighthouse island where you can view two historic lights the event begins with a presentation on the history of the two lighthouses at the seaweed visitor and environmental education center following the presentation participants will drive to the mcclellanville boat landing and board the coastal expedition ferry to travel to Lighthouse Island, winding six miles offshore through the estuary to the island as part of the adventure. And skilled naturalists will provide interpretation of the flora and fauna that surrounds the boat en route to the destination. The lights are a historic, significant maritime landmark and are listed on the National Register of Historic Places. The 1827 Lighthouse is the oldest, oldest of its kind still standing in the U.S. And this is coming up October the 20th. Things to know, activity level. Uh, after the boat eco-tour to Lighthouse Island, you'll depart from the boat onto Lighthouse Island using a ramp. Once on the island, you'll walk to the lighthouses and be able to enter one of the structures. My phone is blowing up over here for some reason. Uh, you'll have to walk through the marsh from the boat, so limited mobility. You might want to make sure what to wear, shoes or rubber boots. That'll stay on your feet and pluff. 
It's you know who. Shoes or rubber boots that will stay. Cut it out, Taylor. Shoes or rubber boots will stay on your feet in pluff mud, a hat, and synthetic clothing. It will dry faster than cotton. Uh, drinking water, sunscreen, insect repellent, good things for you to to uh, bring. And, um, again, that's uh, Cape Remain National Wildlife Refuge Lighthouse Tour. <sighs> Open house on Saturday, October the 19th at the Fort Johnson <laughs> DNR building in Charleston. It is the DNR Marine Open House. I am working on being live from there. On the 19th. So and it is, it's chock full of stuff. I'll have more information on that as we get closer. But I'd love for you, if you're in Charleston, around the area, come by and say hello. And um, let's see, moving right along. Yeah, let's see. Can I do that later? I can do that later. Nope, can't do it. I want to mention two of them that we've already talked about, that we've had on. We talked to Ed Paul about the Summerton Duck Fest, the fishing tournaments going on today, the rest of it. Heats up on the 12th in the town of Summerton. Summerton Duck Fest. You can find more information about that on their website. And we also talked about the uh, Georgetown Wooden Boat Show. That is Friday, October the 18th, Saturday, October 19th, and Sunday, October 20th. So you can make it a twin killing. Come down, do the Fort Johnson Open House, and do the uh, Georgetown Wooden Boat Show, which is what we're going to do. We're going to go down and do... The remote on Saturday and the, all the tours and all. And then uh, Sunday we're going to ride up the Georgetown Wooden Boat Show. So that's two more things you can do. Mm, what is this? I already covered that. I don't know why that's in there. The Harry Hampton Wildlife Fund Photo Contest 2020. Deadline is October 15th at 5 o'clock. Uh, the categories, you got native wildlife species, birds, insects, mammals, reptiles, and all. Nature. Landscapes, plant life, etc. Recreation, which is hunting, fishing, nature, outdoor rec, sporting dogs, and um, they got a bunch of uh, they got a bunch of criteria and how they're doing winters and all. But if you're a photog in South Carolina, the Harry Hampton Wildlife Fund Photo Contest is coming up, and the deadline's October 15th. So get out there and do something. Have some fun. It's that time of the year, and the weather's just right. All right, hang on through the break. I think we've got Mary Rowe coming up to talk about the Palmetto Trail. Welcome back to Woods and Water, South Carolina. You know, I was out there. They were running commercials for a Kansas concert out at one of the casinos out there or something. I started thinking, there's got to be like one, maybe two of the original members are still there. I know Carrie Livgren's no longer with them. One of the band members uh, came to church uh, or went to church where I did in, here in Greenville several years ago. That's Carrie Livgren, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I didn't meet him or get his name. But, uh, yeah, I did uh, get a chance to see him. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, that's pretty cool. I don't know where Mary is. She, uh, something must have come up. We'll, we'll leave the light on for her. If she decides to call in, we'll, we'll get right to her. And she is always very punctual and also something must have come up with that. And, uh, but I'll talk to her. We'll get her back on because we, we had a chance to talk to her about the Women's Adventure Weekend, which is coming up in November. 
I don't know if there are any. I was going to ask her if there are any spaces still left, but we'll we'll get the Palmetto Trail on here. She's always welcome on this show, and well, if she calls in, Paul, go ahead and let me know, and we'll stick her right on. Uh if you're <laughs> the weather, yeah, it's probably got you thinking about leaf season. And amazingly enough, the leaves in the lower part of the state are actually turning more than they are up here. When I was down there last weekend for the first responders tour down at Savannah River site. Um, the first, first responders tournament, there were a lot more changing colors down there at SRS than there were up here. So I don't know how that happens because we should I wonder if it's more moisture or something. <laughs> but they say moisture is you get more brilliant covers when you have a dry fall than if you have a wet one. Yeah, well, that's true. So, I don't think this is Taylor texting me. I think it's one of her friends got a hold of her phone. Anyway. If you're heading to see the color, you know it's fall when, A, the dog isn't the only one who wants to ride in the car with the windows down. <laughs> B, warm apple pie tops your favorite dessert list, and you're feeling like a road trip. Answer, all the above. Time to gather at the family and take to the mountains for the annual mountain tour. And it's fixing to cut loose some colors. Like uh, like I said, they always say dry, um, dry falls turn into much, much, much brighter colored leaves. So um, no need to rush on these road trips. It's all about enjoying the sight sounds. So slow down, stop often, take plenty of pictures. I love this article. Take plenty of pictures, show the phones back home. So let's start off again because i got three days here. So day one, uh, start your adventure in the southernmost end of the 115-mile um, trip which is along Interstate 85 at the Georgia-South Carolina borders. You travel through, uh, you'll see the magnificent peaks of the Blue Ridge Mountains. Uh, take a stop in uh, Chattooga River Rafting Center. They have several great excursions um, going through that whitewater course, a seven-mile canoe trip in Section 2, and um, you know that is a national wild and scenic river. Just down the road is uh, the Chattooga Bell Farm where you can uh, see the peaches and apples, grapes, muscadines, all the seasons may over. You can still sample the local made chutneys, relishes, order for hot apple cider, take a seat in one of the rocking chairs, and uh, just enjoy the fall foliage as the sun sets behind the mountains. Day two, or you can split these up, and this will be day one of the second trip. Make your way back to the Cherokee Foothills Highway and head uh, uh, up into the Blue Ridge Mountains to uh, Lake Jocassee. A crystal clear mountain reservoir surrounded by lush landscapes and the mountains and all. Uh, you can rent a kayak, canoe, or motorboat from one of the local outfitters. Or take a waterfall tour. You know, the, um, oh, shoot, is it Jocassee Lake Tours? I went with them. Uh, yeah, Jocassee Lake Tours. I'm going to look it up right here right quick. We took it. They did a trip for us when we had the uh, South Carolina Outdoor Press Association convention here. It is Jocassee Lake Tours, your portal to Lake Jocassee and Jocassee Gorges, and they it was really good. They were she narrated the whole trip, and um, just a really good thing, enjoyable time out on the water. Finish the day with a pleasant hike to one of the prettiest waterfalls in the area, which is Twin Falls, and then Reedy Cove Creek splits, and you can see water cascade down a seventy-five foot granite wall. So, and there's plenty more waterfalls. Pick up Mr. Mr. Ed King. I'm going to look this up right quick, too. Things keep coming to me as I um, 
think about it as I go through these articles. Is it Mr. Let's see. Waterfall, Waterfall Hikes of Upstate South Carolina by Thomas King. Mr. King was on the show a couple of times. Pick up that book. You want something to do in the, in the fall, winter, and spring is hit a couple of waterfalls, especially in the heart of winter when you get all the ice and the, the uh, buildup around the waterfalls. Day three or you know, the third day one, it wouldn't be uh, the mountains without some serious twisty roads, which uh, kind of kicks me out of here. But, uh, you know, up through St- up by Caesar State, Caesar's Head State Park in the Mountain Ridge Wilderness, um, Table Rock, you know, the annual uh, raptor migration is going through December the 1st. You can see eagles, ospreys, Mississippi kites, turkey vultures, peregrine falcons, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, there are plenty of hikes up there you can go. You see points at bridge. Oh, what else? <laughs> no. Yeah, you can go to Aunt Sue's Country Corner if you want to. They have pretty good food up there, too. So, anyway. Yes, the biggest thing is just to find time to get out there. I tell you what, Paul, let's give away something else. It is, uh, hey, I, I, like I said, I have a, a women's, a ladies' harness and lifeline. Let's go together. I've got another summer sausage uh, kit. I've got a bunch of jerky seasonings, some grubs and rubs. And if you're a deer hunter who likes to hang stuff in your tree, well, I got a, a Murph Pro kit for you there. Uh, 877-235-9405, your choice. You pick it. If nobody wants it, I'll give it away on Facebook. Don't forget, deer hunters, when you go into the woods this year, and I know, you know, archery season's in, muzzleloader's in right now. Lower part of the state has been in since August 15th, which I don't understand that, but that heat, just killer. Um, it is illegal to possess or use for the purpose of hunting or scouting any wild animal in South Carolina any substance or material that contains or purports to contain any excretion collected from a cervid, which is deer, including urine, feces, glands, blood, or other bodily fluid. This does not prohibit the use of synthetic products or substances collected by a hunter from deer legally harvested in South Carolina. And a lot of people say, why? There's a little thing out there called CWD. And while CWD, I don't think, is going to be in the end of deer hunting by any stretch of the imagination, it is fatal to 100% fatal to any deer that's infected. But, uh, you know, everything's going to die at some point. So it's not the end of deer hunting, but we don't want it here in South Carolina, and this is why the ban went into effect this year. Uh, CWD can, is transmitted through bodily fluids, in spinal fluids, in brain cells. And that's why this is in effect now. But we've had for many years an importation ban. If you hunt deer in another state, there's a list on the Department of Natural Resources webpage that um, if you hunt in another state, you cannot bring a whole deer carcass from that state to South Carolina. And you can find that on the Department of Natural Resources, Natural Resources website. Man, my tongue is just not working today. So just keep that in mind as you're hitting the woods. Got a good article here that I'm going to read. And gosh, I wish Mary would have called in because I was so ready to talk about the trails. But we'll get it. Um, good article here about the, the rut in South Carolina that we'll get to the next time. Because it is, it is a big deal in South Carolina. Why our rut is so messed up. But it's not just ours. It's, it's a difference. And... 
think the article does a pretty good job of, of laying it out there. Um, news on the conservation side. 14,000 acres of wetlands along the Savannah River in South Carolina has been put under a conservation easement. The vast Groton Plantation near Allendale features seemingly endless groves of wetlands and timbers along the Savannah River. <clears throat> it's been uh, put into conservation easement. 13,868 acres make up one of the largest single tracks ever to be protected by private owners in the state. More intriguing, they are considered a linchpin in an emerging corridor of protected properties along the 150-mile lower stretch of the river that is beginning to rival and connect to the champion Ace Basin on the South Carolina coast. That sort of corridor would extend a run of green coastal and riverlands from the Santee Delta north of Charleston to Aiken along the waters that make up the state's eastern and southern border. Uh, with the Groton property in place, <laughs> this is pretty good. You could be a turtle, crawl 60 miles along the river, and never leave protected land, said David Bishop, Coastal and Midlands Conservation Director of the Nature Conservancy, which handled the easement for the Winthrop family. Uh Gosh, that makes more than 1.2 million acres have been, been preserved in the eight coastal counties. Combined, that's an area larger than Delaware. The Groton property alone is the size of Manhattan and New York City. Uh, these lands, large, these landscape-scale protection efforts ensure diversity of habitat for sensitive species and also give our waterways the space they need to flex during storms, which is true. You can only pave over in concrete so much dirt before uh, the rivers just become funnels for whatever floods occur upstream. you got to have that open land for them to absorb and have some more Kansas. Anyway, pretty cool. 14,000 acres. So, hang on through the break. i got another uh, article on the deer rut here in South Carolina, and that'll do it for this week of Woods and Water, South Carolina. All right, wake up. And traveling wears me out anymore. Early morning flights. I think I'm going to fly out of Greenville at 6 o'clock. Jeez, I'm going to have to quit that. Delta counter opens at 4. I'm like, thought I was going to be the first one there. I wasn't. Other people made that mistake too. But we'll make it. Uh, one of the, the hardest things in, in deer hunting in the south is the rut. Everybody wants to know the rut. You know, I had I had pictures of a fawn with spots uh, that I took when I and his the doe and the fawn were out in the in the pasture and through the binoculars I could see him. I did get a picture of it, and you can tell it's just spotted up uh, as of the middle of September. So it's nice to see young ones around because it probably means you don't have a huge coyote problem, but uh, it's it's always. Always new hunters. They always want to know, well, the rut, the rut, the rut. Okay. This is uh, this is an article from QDMA about the chasing an explanation for the South's odd rut. And for those of you that might be listening that wonder what in the world I'm talking about, it's not a, you know, it's not a dirt road where you got a rut in the dirt road. <laughs> this is the, the mating, the breeding season for white-tailed deer. Uh, is what we're talking about, and, it's, and it starts out pretty good. No matter what month of the year you read this article, it's likely that somewhere there's a whitetail in rut. In January, that somewhere is in Alabama, Mississippi, and parts of Louisiana. 
They'll be running in the Florida Panhandle into February or later. And even as you stand in your flip-flops cheering the Independence Day fireworks show, bucks will be working scrapes and checking does in South Florida. In some locations in the South, the difference in rut peaks is a matter of state boundaries. Hunters in my home state of Georgia, and I believe this is written by Brian Grossman, it doesn't, sometimes it gives it, sometimes it doesn't. So, but, but Brian is in Grossman, so, I mean, Brian is in Georgia, so that may be where he is. Uh, you know, you can hunt a November rut peak like most deer hunters and then drive across the state line in Alabama by a non-resident license to hunt the rut again in January with nothing more than a welcome to Alabama sign between the two locations. And though many of these populations are no doubt exchanging genetics due to the short distances involved, the difference in rut timing have not changed for decades. Many heads have been scratched over the odd mix of southern rut peaks. In general, whitetail breeding dates range from narrow in the north, where fawns born outside a slim window in spring are not likely to survive their first winter, to broaden the tropics of Central America where deer breed almost year-round because they can. But from Texas to South Carolina, rut peak dates form a piebald pattern that doesn't jive with the broader North American gradient. And this has never been adequately explained. A common theory among biologists pointed to restocking efforts in the mid-1900s. And if you look at the map, you know, you've got October ruts in Texas, uh, November ruts pretty much everywhere else, including Jan- uh, Georgia and South Carolina, December ruts, you know, across that black belt of, of um, well, across the border, Tennessee, northern Alabama, northern Mississippi, down into Louisiana. January, that's that black belt of Alabama rut they're talking about. And then February down in the Panhandle of Texas, so you can you can find this at qdma.com. It's it's a good article and all. Jason Summers now the Deer Project leader for the Missouri Department of Conservation. Oh, speaking of which, which is what knocked me out of visiting Grant Woods. One of the things I was going to do while I was out in Missouri was go down to the proving grounds. He, Grant invited me to come down and see him, but uh, he uh, his he had offered to host a uh, session for the Missouri Wildlife Department of Conservation or whatever. And that went from Tuesday into to Wednesday. And I actually talked to some of the guys at the hotel. They said they had a great time. I said, well, I was supposed to be there. <laughs> no, no, I, to, I got a grant sent me an email, said he needed to talk to me. So I'll call him. We'll set some up for later. But anyway, I uh, decided to tackle this question for his master's thesis while at Mississippi State University. Suspecting that restocking efforts produced a fruit basket of deer genetics and associated rut pigs, Jason and his coast researchers Selected pairs of deer populations in close proximity to one another, but with widely varying rut peaks. Three of these pairs are in Mississippi, two in Louisiana, and one in Texas. These pairs of populations that are different are truly different. He said in some cases, the early population will be done breeding before the late population starts, and they're separated by less than 30 miles. As a control, they tested four additional pairs close to each other. All four of those were in Mississippi. And uh, DNA was then gathered and analyzed from all the populations. He said, in studying the results, it was possible for the researchers to look at several layers of genetic relationships, including separate genetic markers passed along by bucks and does. On the buck side of the DNA, population pairs are very similar. Clearly, they are sharing genetics. Bucks are, dis- are dispersing from both populations in each pair, as they typically do at a year and a half of age, and spreading the genes across the landscape. We see a tremendous amount of gene flow in terms of buck movement across 
said Jason. But that exchange of bucks has not, through time, caused those breeding dates to converge. It is the doe side of DNA, the genetics that all deer inherit from their mothers alone, where an explanation begins to emerge. When we look to populations that have similar breeding dates, the maternal lineages are similar. When we look to those close populations that have, that have very different breeding dates, the maternal lineages are very different. Very, very different. The differences we observed are subspecies type differences. So unlike, unlike bucks that tend to disperse, does tend to be loyal to their birth range. Doe family groups often include several generations. I mean, we can see that anywhere here in South Carolina. So genetic traits that are inherited primarily from their mothers will move across the landscape very slowly, if at all. This research suggests that the genetic trigger for rut timing is maternally inherited. It is not spread by dispersing bucks, and that's why the odd geographic differences have remained intact for decades. The difficult part is tracking these genetic rut triggers back to their source populations. The trigger for deers to come into estrus is photo period, the length of daylight hours. The specific day length that triggers the rut is unique to and suited for the historical geographic location where they live. If you move deer from that population to another geographic location, their ingrained genetic trigger continues to respond to the same day length cue, but that particular day length cue is likely to be found on a different place in the calendar. So in any given calendar day, the length of daylight varies widely by latitude. Let's pick a day in November and it'll be less it will last more than an hour longer in Texas than in Minnesota. So linking deer populations to their stocking sources is not simply a matter of matching calendar rut dates because in all likelihood, those calendar dates no longer match each other. Only in the South would such transfers take hold. Deer with a photo period trigger that would fall early or late in the North would not produce fawns that would be likely to survive the existing climate conditions. So those genetics would go away. Um... Kind of winds it up, say, if you hunt in the south, your rut peak is what it is. It's not likely to change except in a catastrophic situation like we faced in the 20th century in which deer were wiped out across large areas and replaced with new ones. Let's pray that never happens again. And, you know, for me, I always like that last week in October, first week in November. But in his chart, he's got that rut all in November. So, interesting. Deer, don't you love them? You gotta love them. All right, we got some big news coming up for December. I'm gonna let me just kind of tease you, but it's uh it's pretty cool. This show's been going on five and a half years, a little over five and a half years, and there've been some goals I've had um, that uh, not rushed them, but that look like they're getting closer to happening. So we'll uh, we'll have some more on that later on. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the Palmetto Conservation a little plug here since we're in here. I don't know if there are any openings for the Women's Outdoor Adventure Weekend through Palmetto Conservation Foundation, but that was a good one. Uh, it's um, oh let me see let me get in here. It's in November. Let's see here now, and registration is still open. Well, shoot. Just keeps me to <laughs> keeps me to dead ends because they have a separate. Let's see, I'm just going to go back to their home webpage site. All right, one of the things you can do is you remember back in uh, April when we had the flash floods up at the mountains, it 
pretty much took out two of the bridges on the east of Toy Pass at the Palmetto Trail. And the bridges weren't washed off, but their footings were displaced and all that. And I know they're raising money to uh, reconnect the east of Toy. So if you go to their website, there's a Donate Now button that you can you can uh, click on and uh, help us help them to remove, inspect, and reinstall the two bridges. I mean, these are not small bridges. These were you know, in concrete piers uh, spanning the creeks, but with the flooding and all, it uh, it really got going. And um, I know they were having something else. Eh, that's not it. So anyway, I'm going to try to go over here to the PCF weekend. PCF Women's. Normally, I'm more prepared than this. Today, I'm kind of out of sorts for some weekend, for some re- reason. Um, but uh, anyway, I hate Mary wasn't on here because she is so good, and I can't get over to that thing. So we're just going to forget that. We'll get Mary back on and... Got some other good. If you if you're subscribed to Outdoor Life, and this is this was widely posted on social media over the past week, they got a great article. It's kind of long. Uh, when I printed it out, it was 16 pages. It's time to cut the BS in deer hunting. You know, deer season's here, and it's there's all sorts of stuff. There's another one: the five cardinal sins of posting hunt, fishing and hunting content on social media. Got the article on tree stand stages. We'll get to all that later on. Um, I guess Facebook is going to get a bunch of stuff to give away this week, but I'd like to thank, uh, thank high mountain seasonings, hunter safety systems and, uh, outright hunting products for sending that stuff to me. Good companies. And I enjoy working with them. Let's see. Oh, oh, we are, uh, South Carolina is hosting the Southeastern. This is something that will intrigue all you turkey hunters out there. The Southeastern Association of Wildlife and Fisheries, CIFWA. Yeah, the end of this month, end of October, down in Hilton Head, I was looking at the, they call them, I can't remember what they call them, but anyway, they're tracks. And you'll have like a wilderness track, uh, an outdoors track, a uh, uh, legal track, a uh, human resources track, and all. But there are a lot, a lot, a lot of sessions on wild turkeys. And, you know, we just finished up the wild turkey, the three-year study this past spring, and the, and the legislature totally ignored the study they ordered and did not follow the recommendations. So it's going to be interesting when I get down there to that to see what some of that research says because they're talking about research from Mississippi, uh, Alabama, and here in South Carolina. So that will be good. That's the end of this month. Right in the middle of the rut. Go figure. All right. Thanks for tuning in. As always, make time to get out there. Take the back roads when you can, and don't forget your camera. Back next week with more Woods and Water, South Carolina. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.